Hello and welcome to Scintillating Stories. In this show we read short stories by a variety of authors. We continue our celebration of the holiday season by sharing some stories about the Jewish festival of Hanukkah. This year it occurs between the 18th and 26th of December. In 200 BCEE, Judea became part of the Seleucid Empire of Syria. King Antiochus III granted the Jewish people the right to their customs and practices and designated the Temple of Jerusalem as a place for their worship. Unfortunately, his son, also called Antiochus, decided that he didn't fancy continuing this tolerance and wanted all of the Jewish people to become Hellenized, essentially forcing Greek culture and beliefs onto the population and outlawing any other traditions. He ordered an altar to Zeus to be built in the temple and pigs were regularly sacrificed as a deliberate insult. This led to a revolt led by a Cohen called Mattathias and his five sons. It began with Mattathias killing the first person to attempt to perform a sacrifice to Zeus and the official that delivered the edict. He then fled with his sons and a large group of followers. Mattathias's son, Judah, became a respected Cohen and warrior renowned for his tactical prowess, gaining the moniker Judah the Hammer. He took over as the leader of the revolt after his father died. Under his guidance, the group drove the Seleucids from Jerusalem in 164 BCE. The temple was cleansed and fitted with a new altar. However, all of the oil had been made impure by the earlier vandalism, and there was only one jar of pure oil left. It was only enough to light the menorah for one day. This was a problem because it was meant to be kept lit at all times. Miraculously, somehow this oil kept the lamps burning for eight days until they could make more oil to keep it lit. Because of this miracle, the eight days after the 25th of Kislev are celebrated as Hanukkah, and eight candles are lit over this period to commemorate the event. My Father's Ma'al Tzur by Faye Kranz Green Ask any adult about their memories of Hanukkah, and you'll find deep down the images they carry of this wintry eight-day holiday are inevitably linked to their childhoods. My own memories of Hanukkah are inextricably and forever associated with my father's singing of the Ma'al Tzur. My father, Rabbi Yaakov Moshe HaKohen Friedman of Blessed Memory, didn't sing Ma'al Tzur the way it's taught in today's Hebrew schools. This version was the traditional, lengthy one, both melodic and mournful. This version is replete with crashing crescendos and lilting liturgy. My father learned this melody from his father, who heard it at the Rama synagogue in Karakow. My father taught the melody to his children, and it became as beloved to us as it was to him. Growing up, the highlight of our Hanukkah, besides receiving a shiny silver dollar, was gathering around the menorah and joining in as he masterfully sang his Ma'otsur. My six brothers and one sister were all blessed with the ability to carry a tune, and the resulting chorus was beautiful indeed. As the eldest in the family, I was the first to get married and move away from home. That first Hanukkah, as a Chabad Lubavitch emissary in Detroit, I was homesick for my father's Ma'otsur. I called my mother, may she live and be well, and she suggested that I stay on the phone and listen as my father lit the menorah. And so a tradition was born. Every Hanukkah, usually on the fifth night, I would call home and my family would listen in as my father sang Ma'otsur so magnificently, accompanied by my siblings. 
As the years went by, and there were, thank the Almighty, grandchildren and great-grandchildren spending Hanukkah with Zadie and Bubby, more voices joined in the singing, and the chorus grew. During the later years, when my father's health began to steadily decline, I knew that when I made that phone call on the fifth night, some things would be the same, but some things would be different. My father would need some help getting to the tall silver menorah, a grandson would guide his hand to light the wick in the oil cylinder and would gently prompt him as he recited the blessings. But then, when the flames were kindled and illuminating the room, someone would say, Zadie, let's sing Maotsur. My father would look momentarily perplexed, but then he would furrow his brow in concentration and tap into the memory that was forever imprinted on his psyche, and he would slowly begin to sing. The family would let him sing alone for a few moments, and then his children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren would add their voices, softly at first, but becoming even louder, and when the final crescendo had died down and the last lyrics had been sung, there would be tears in my father's eyes, and he would smile. During the last year of his life, we arranged a Hanukkah party for my father in his nursing home. He was very frail and hardly spoke at all, but we were determined that he would celebrate Hanukkah. That year, my brothers made a professional recording of several of the melodies that we always sang around my father's table, including Ma'otsur. We wanted my father to hear it often in preparation for the party, so we bought state-of-the-art headphones, put them gently on my father's head, and let him listen to Ma'otsur as recorded by his sons. On the morning of the party, several of us were visiting our father, and we reminded him again that it was Hanukkah. Suddenly, to our complete amazement, he began singing Ma'otsur. We held our breath as he slowly but beautifully completed two stanzas of the song, and then fell silent again. That night at the party, my father did not participate in the singing, but it was okay. We had already witnessed our Hanukkah miracle. A Hanukkah Postcard by Hannah Scharfstein It was just a postcard with a simple message, but to me it was a wonderful Hanukkah present. My thoughts drifted back to the beginning of the fall term last September. The first night of classes, I'd been looking forward to this course in Spanish literature and culture because it sounded so interesting. Besides, it was my final course that would fulfill the license requirements for my job as an English as second language teacher. That very first night, things went wrong. Professor Mendes appeared competent and interesting as he began his introductory lecture. I was surprised, however, that he was addressing us in English since this was an advanced course. I raised my hand and questioned the professor on this point. The room grew uncomfortably still, and then in a stern voice, Professor Mendes sarcastically answered that he was sure we weren't advanced enough to be able to discuss history and literature in Spanish. This developed into a heated debate, with everyone vocally taking sides, and, of course, I was viewed as the instigator. The feelings of antipathy that developed that night grew steadily stronger during the term. When we had the midterm exam, the professor had his opportunity to pay me back. I prepared thoroughly, but he gave me a B and wrote a note explaining that I had misinterpreted the question. I had analysed the material rather than summarised it. 
I was really furious, but my family felt he probably was an anti-Semite. And anyway, my class discussions had certainly placed me in an unfavourable spotlight. Just about that time, a magazine arrived in which one of my stories had been published. It contained some cherished memories of the holidays from my youth. I brought the magazine to class to show some of my classmates. I had even planned to show it to the professor. That night, we had another disagreement which positively settled the issue. At the end of class, I angrily rushed out of the room. Halfway down the hall, and I'll never know why, I turned around and went back. The professor was there gathering his belongings. He looked at me in surprise, and I showed him my article. He looked at it briefly, and then, quite unexpectedly, asked if he could take it home. The following week, the professor asked me to meet him in his office after class. After we were comfortably seated, he began to tell me how much he enjoyed my article. He probably found it unique, I thought. This might be his first exposure to Jewish life. My thoughts were suddenly interrupted. It reminded me of my own youth. I heard him saying, It was during World War Two, and we celebrated the holidays in secrecy. Each year, not knowing if there would be another. Each year, in a different place. It was a good thing that I was sitting, for his next question really stunned me. How did you figure out that I was Jewish? he asked. I couldn't believe it. My father changed our name during the war, he continued, so we could escape to South America. We trained ourselves to appear non-Jewish. We carefully studied and imitated the Spanish settlers. We sat in the office and discussed Jewish life and Judaism for a while. The following Tuesday afternoon, as I was getting ready to leave, one of my daughters presented me with a problem. She had received several Hanukkah menorahs in her school, with the instruction to give them to somebody who would not otherwise light Hanukkah candles. You can give me a menorah now, I told her, and I'll find some wrapping paper. When I left for class moments later, I had a neatly wrapped menorah in the bag with my books. I remained after class and presented Professor Mendes with the gift. Is it something special you baked or cooked? he asked. I shook my head. Please, don't open it until you get home. I said, and please read the material inside. No matter what, keep it and think about it carefully. As I left, I turned and called, Happy Hanukkah. Did you like the menorah? I asked at the next session. No, he said. I told you, I'm not observant. My life has changed drastically since my early years. He had placed the menorah on his desk at home but he had not been interested in lighting it. Why? I asked. Isn't it time that you took a stand? Light the candle to identify. There is no need to hide any more. Come forward and find your real self. Perhaps some other time, he said. Not now. But thank you, anyway. And now, a year later, he had sent me a postcard. I reread the message, and again it filled me with joy. There were only four words in the short message, and that was all. The candles are burning. And then he had signed his name, Professor Mendes, and under it, in small letters, Yehuda Mendelovsky. There are many kinds of battles and victories. The heroism displayed by you, Professor Mendes, is comparable to the Battle of the Maccabees of old. When we light our candles tonight, I will think of your new little lights, those tiny flames representing victory.
Thank you so much for listening. Happy Hanukkah. These stories can be read online. I'll leave a link in the description. If you want to suggest or submit a short story or a subject you'd like us to cover, then contact us through our Facebook page or Twitter, and subscribe if you would like to hear more. This has been a Yorick Radio production.